Tardes, my name is Tate. My name is Nathan. And I'm Elena. And we're doing a podcast on the second part of the book Fahrenheit 451 by Ray Bradbury. The part is called Seed in the Sand. So our theme for today's podcast the is topic, our topic. Our topic. Um, so I had a couple questions written down. So uh, Nathan, uh, how was Montag displaying uh, betrayal to his wife and the fireman? Um, so he betrayed his wife because, like, they just lived a normal life and he kind of betrayed her by reading the books out loud to her friends because he said that he would never, like, bring this up, it would be, like, the secret. And then he brings it up and reads poetry out loud to Mildred's friends and he betrays the fireman because he's, like, been part of one, like, that's his job. Like, his job is to burn books and now he's keeping books and reading them and using them to, like, learn. I'm pretty sure that all Mildred wanted was a perfectly normal life with nothing spectacular happening at all. That's not what Montag wanted. Yeah, and he betrayed her by bringing something dangerous into their home. So she was pretty mad at him. And I agree with what you said about the firemen. He betrayed them because that's what he's done his whole life. And now he's completely going against what they're supposed to be doing. I agree with both of you. And also I noticed how I... She sort of betrayed him too because he wanted to he wanted to have like a normal life, like present day where like people love their uh, bride or groom and they care for each other and they like don't have to have the most expensive things. But all she no, cared about, gets the exact opposite. All she wanted was the fanciest things, a normal life without having to worry about and a new TV and um, no kids. And she didn't even want to worry about Montag. She just wanted, she was almost like a gold digger. She just wanted him for the stuff he could get her. Pretty much. So I have a question. Um, which betrayal do you think was more important to Montag's character? His betrayal of his wife or is it his betrayal of the party? Betrayal of his wife because she was the one that, I mean, I already, I read some pages ahead, but like she sent in an alarm yeah, I read that too, yeah, I read a little she bit She sent in an alarm that, like, distressed to the firemen that, like, they had yeah, books. And so did the friends of the wife. And also, like, the friends, there was, even when I was reading chapter two with, like, him reading out loud to the friends, I had a feeling that there was no way they were just going to keep that quiet and let that just won't go by. And so, that's also, like, really important. But then, um... Also, like him betraying his job, where like he has some dudes there, and like yeah, so it really it really just surprised me those ways that he betrayed. So um, kind of building on what we said last podcast about the story elements, and we like realized there was like no humor anywhere in the book for like a story element. There's still I still haven't seen any in section two, which just shows the world they live in. In a way. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can see how, like, considering um, Ray Bradbury, uh, he wrote this book in the 1950s, and imagine it was 2029, and that kind of signals that it must have been a really rough time for him when he was there. So that's why, like, he assumed that our world was all non-laughing and stuff. Well, I, well the women were, but the women also, like, have no thinking of their own. And they don't love their husbands. Or their kids. Or kid. their kids. <laughs> yeah. They hate their kids. They have had three husbands. And they got all the latest new stuff. 
while their husbands are dead and they don't even remember half their names. Wait. And then Elena. Their kids hate them. They don't take care of them. Elena, I have a question for you. How is Montag in favor displaying betrayal to society? Well, technically, he's pretty much betraying the government because the, what they're supposed to do is to not read books and everything. But he sneaks books from houses, which is totally illegal. And he betrays the laws of his world by, um, by stealing those books. Um, th I was thinking, how did Montag's fireman friends betray him? They didn't betray him. I in a way, I think they, they did. They kept doing their job. I never saw that. Or they I, acted like he in was a way, coming back. In a way, I, they sort of betrayed him because like, at the very end of chapter two, they all arrived at Montag's house and they were going to burn it. And they didn't like, they weren't hesitant, hesitant about trying to burn it. They just, I'm guessing they probably just get the job done. And like on page 102, um, the captain's talking about like, oh, you finally came back from the fireman and you finally realized like your wrongs. And then he goes and burns, or is about to burn down his And house. he's smug about it too. You yeah. can read but you can about tell that he things. knows that he's actually betraying him. Uh-huh. Yeah. So on page 94, Montag brings out a book in front of his wife's friends. And against Faber's orders. So how do you think he, in a way, betrayed Faber? Um, he betrayed Faber because Faber is like almost the all-knowledgeable one. He's like... The God of books right now, and and what's it called? And um, Montag is a follower, a disciple of him, and he's telling him what to do, but he's just he's just completely not listening because he's getting so frustrated that his wife doesn't love him, and they, he's realizing that none of their friends love each other's husbands either, and it's all making him freak out. So he just kind of unleashed anger. And but the two of them had had a plan for working together, and part of it was to not get caught. And if Montag exposes their plan and exposes that they both have books, he, in a way, when he goes down, he drags Favor with him. And also, though, um, his following of Favor is different than like when he followed the society, because like now he knows that like the society's wrong. And that now, like, this is the only other option, even if it includes him being a follower again. And one question I have, um, even if it doesn't have to do with the topic of betrayal, is on page 92, why were the women surprised at the idea of even having a conversation with Montag? Because most of the men in their life are gone, and they, and honestly, I'm pretty sure they're just like Mildred and him. They don't really communicate well. And they don't, really they don't care about each other. Yeah, so when he asked them, they were all like... Uh, he just wanted to have a little conversation. Yeah. So, on page 93, we're doing a podcast on the second part of Warfare. We're hearing about how, I believe it was, one of the women was talking about her children and about how she doesn't really like them much and they just as soon kick her as kiss her. Um, and, and she talks about her children in such a horrible way. She doesn't, she like absolutely hates them. She locks them in a room and feeds them and gives them clothes. And that's all she really does for them. So how do you think that's a betrayal to what we would think as a good relationship between a mother and kids? Well, um, this, this is 
supposed to do everything they can to like take care of their kids. But in this society, she's like doing the bare minimum and not even like having any love for her children. Mm -hmm. And then also, it sounds different. It's almost a it's just like a betrayal to our society too, because normally parents love each other and like they care for their kids and they give, try to give them the best lives so that they can be better than they were. But really on here, she's just almost like taking that feeling away and like putting in a different feeling like of hatred and anger. And, and she also like told the doctors that she like wanted to have like a C-section and like that's the only way she would like give birth. And Montag also later revealed that she had like 12 abortions, which yeah. like shows that like she's not truly wanting to take care of her children. Mm -hmm. um, and on page 93, she actually compares her children to laundry. She said, it's like washing dishes, washing clothes, stuff laundry and, in and slam the lid. She was talking about locking her kids in the parlor and turning on the switch and just letting them do whatever they want. What is the parlor? It's the walls where... Yeah, it's, it's the like interactive walls. Bigger. Yeah. Interactive TV so you can feel a part of it, basically. Yeah. But she doesn't interact with them. <laughs> what was the, um... When, like, on the train, when he was having, a, like, a mental breakdown, what was the name of, like, the denture thing? Dentrifice. I don't know. I don't know how that... I think that's... I don't think that has anything important. It doesn't. But like, but, like, but it was like it almost set him off to like make him do the the decisions he made in the end. Like, for instance, instead of listening to um, favor, he decided to take charge for himself and go to the fireman station. And instead of not burning his house, he still did it. So I know like, our topic's betrayal, and I know like, we're supposed to stick to it, but there are a lot of different things in our part of part two that we can also talk about right now. Like, for instance, part two was really confusing, but, like, in a way more clear than part one, because it showed Montag completely, like, switching over from all firemen, I want to be just, like, my parents and grandparents, to, like, I want to be, like, a uh, favor. Like, are there any other ways in this chapter that you think Montag has changed his in his own way completely? He's become more questioning, I think, of everything from the fireman to society to his wife, even to favor. He was like questioning, why should I have faith in you just like I had faith in the society? So he's like now gotten to the point where he questions everything and everyone. And that shows like his character development throughout this part two. Do you think it is good character development or bad character development? I believe it is a good character yeah. development because he's more open to other people's opinions and stories. In a way, he sort of betrayed the old him and, and like totally neglected his old ways, and now he's a new person. And like this all started in part one with Clarice. Yep. And now it's become like a complete change in who he is. How has, he, how has Clarice became such a big and important role, even though she's like been in the, been in the book for like... 30 pages and then died. She pretty much got him started on this new way of life. She taught him to look at things differently and to observe nature and like take in all the beauty around them. And also another character that like she wasn't really present but for like a solid couple pages she was. How do you think that old lady changed and affected him as well? The one who burned herself. The one who got burned in the house? Yeah. Um, she 
definitely opened his eyes to how much books can mean to some people. And it got him curious about what is in books that make people that crazy to be able to die in a burning house among her books. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I think that's what got him starting to look into books and start reading the ones that he had already hidden. So um, how do you think Clarice sort of influenced his betrayal? It just started the whole thing, and like, if it weren't for, maybe he would have started having those thoughts if it weren't for Clarice, and like, maybe if it weren't for Clarice, he would have gone back in the middle of it and told Faber, never mind, I'm actually just gonna stick, or like, stick with what I was doing, or he would have turned in the books to Betty, or Betty, but instead, um, he like, thought of Clarice, and how like, she had showed him basically another way of living his life. So, uh, yeah, so, <sighs> people who are listening to this, I want you to think for yourself too, um, are there any ways that you think that you've betrayed somebody just like Montag, but not like in a bad or worse way? I think the betrayal is everywhere in this book. And in our world today. Okay, so... In, when Montag reaches out to Faber for the first time in a few years since that since their conversation at the park, Faber was telling him about how when he was a lot younger, when they started burning books, um, Faber didn't really do anything. He just stood with the majority of people and watched as all of this literature went up in flames. How do you and when he when he got older, he he really regretted not standing up for that. So, how do you think he kind of betrayed himself when he was younger? Because he was almost like he was too scared, and but now that he's become more wise and and realizes that books are important, he's like mad at his old self for not going back. And most people in society, like today and in the book, can think about like a decision they made then and like they're angry that they didn't do the good or the good the right thing to do instead of doing the bad thing. And he almost even went back to his old self when um, um, the captain was talking to him and telling him, like, using quotes to, yeah, like, kind of counter his arguments. He was thinking, oh, maybe he is right. And favor being there was probably the only thing that kept him from going back to the fire. Does anybody else here think that the captain is lying? about all this book stuff because he seems very knowledgeable about like quotes and books and stuff. If he really um, was like a book lover, he wouldn't have like totally turned on um, Montag. He wouldn't have went and tried to burn down his house because we know that's what's going to happen because that's how part two ended. They they were in front of Montag's house with the fire truck because they were about to set it on flames. Anyway, that was our podcast. I'm Tate. I'm Nathan. And I'm Elena. And we'll see you later. Thank you for listening.